The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to the Arise to Success show where we aim to highlight inspiring individuals and their journeys to success. My name is Jihad. I'm your host on this show. Today's show, dear listeners, is pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take any questions, but please feel free to send or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show on 0779481822, or you can comment on Facebook as well. Our guest today is Yasmin, who is a mindfulness life coach and mentor. Yasmin is a revert to Islam from London. Mashallah, she became Muslim 29 years ago. Her journey is one of self-confidence, ambition and professional success to anxiety, confusion, and self-doubt, to reclaiming her identity and self-worth, to giving herself permission to be happy and thrive again. Yasmin, so lovely to have you with us on the show today and welcome to the Arise to Success show. How are you doing? Oh, walaikum salam I'm very well, Jihad, barakallah and it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Jazakallah khair for being with us as well. Yasmin, mashallah, very interesting background and I have a lot of questions about that. <laughs> but firstly, if you can tell us a little bit more about you and what is a mindfulness life coach and mentor? Okay, so I got into this about five years ago because I was going through lots of stress myself mm. um, and had no idea that there was a way out of it, to be honest with you. Um, So I sort of accidentally came across mindfulness meditation. I was living abroad and I signed up for a TEFL course to teach English as a foreign language. And because, um, you know, there was sort of financial abuse as well in the relationship. It was very, very difficult. I was always looking for a bargain. I never really had my own money. So I was looking for a bargain, found a a TEFL course that had um, two free mindfulness courses. And I was very skeptical at first, but at that time I was home educating my two younger sons and so I was already interested in how the brain works because I did a whole presentation for them um, around Carol Dweck's posit- um, growth mindset and positive and uh, fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, because I noticed something that, you know, they had different beliefs in themselves that, than what I saw their abilities were. And mm-hmm. so when I came across mindfulness, I said, okay, this is just like follow on really from the growth mindset. Um, and it was so amazing. I was a bit skeptical at first, to be honest, because I think, you know, as Muslim, as a Muslim woman, and I'd strive so hard, I didn't want to, you know, compromise my deen. Um, but when I heard about meditation, I was like, oh, my God, that's just like Hinduism and Buddhism, and I'm not going to get involved. But I started studying the course, and I started to practice the techniques. And they had such a profound impact on all areas of my life. I mean, for one thing, I was able to quiet my mind, which is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, answering your question, like, you know, what does a mindfulness life coach men- men- uh, mentor do? Um, mm-hmm. I actually specialize in guiding uh, women to live more consciously with a focus on the present moment. And I combine mm-hmm. principles of mindfulness, which involves being fully present and aware of one's thoughts, feelings and bodily sensations. Because when we're aware, then that's the key to, to change. And we can do something about those thoughts. We're at that crossroads where we have a choice. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I also help my clients to develop a greater sense of self-awareness, manage stress and cultivate, uh, you know, a more balanced and fulfilling life. And it, it's, it brings so much contentment because when we're actually in the present moment, we yeah. are where the, the beauty of life unfolds, which is absolutely amazing. So I, I teach mindfulness practices such as meditation, breathing techniques and exercises um, and also techniques that really help to enhance focus and attention. Mm. which is what we what we need when we are aware of our thoughts um so for example um when i was really stressed and and anxious my my prayer was really it it, i'm in lots of different areas i you know sort of paid the price for my stress my health i used to have to visit the cardiologist and Mm. i had high blood pressure but i was quite young um but you know these techniques they really do offer a new way of living um and like you find the joy of in life it really is so amazing um so you know for example in my prayer before when i was stressed my mind would take me in all directions it was like a drunken monkey that was swinging from tree to tree um Mm. and i didn't know how to control it but when i learned how to meditate and i see that as the practice ground I was able to notice when my my thoughts wandered off and then I was able to gently bring my focus back to where I want what I wanted to focus on. So that's really empowering when it comes to the prayer. 
Um, mm. So, you know, like instead of thinking about, you know, what you cook, the conversation, what mood people are going to be in, you actually just notice and you can bring your, your thoughts back to, you know, the, the prayer, the words, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it had a huge impact on my spirituality, which is really important for me. So it's been an amazing spiritual journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, about helping my clients to achieve personal and professional goals while staying grounded in the present moment, having an acceptance of what is, while also having realistic expectations, like letting go, because our negative chatter, it holds us back. We're no more than our thoughts. So if we can change our thoughts, you know, and, and quieten that inner critic, then mm. we can change our life, basically, Jihad, really. And this is this is what's so profound. Like we change our moods. If we can recognize the thought, we can change our moods. Yeah. So oh, it's really good. been... Mm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, carry on. No, it's really been an amazing journey. So, mm. you know, when I saw that it had a profound impact on me... Um, and I was actually living abroad that time. So then I came back just before COVID. And mm. what I did, I invited eight or nine of my friends who had, they were all different issues. They had different issues, different backgrounds, different ages. Um, mm. And I invited them um, that I wanted to share the skills with them. And subhanAllah, by the end of like five weeks, they were all experiencing, tr- you know, breakthroughs and transformational results. And that's when I said to myself, right, Yasmin, you need to get this out to the big wide world. And mm. really, that's where my online coaching journey began, um, sure. learning. I, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about coaching online or, I, just, I mean, that's just been a learning curve as well, you know, websites and click funnels and sales pages and, you know, integrations and calendars. And, yeah, so it's been it's been a, an amazing journey of growth and um, yeah. in, in all areas, yeah, alhamdulillah. That's amazing, mashallah. SubhanAllah, you know, when you were describing, it's like you read my my mind because I was thinking the kind of work that you're doing is actually very, very important Islamically as well. Because when we have so much giving on, we won't be able to focus on our ibadah and our prayer. And as soon as I was thinking this in my mind, you could, straight away you said, SubhanAllah, it has helped you as well in your own personal life, in your own ibadah, to focus on the moment and, you know, that meditation, all of the things that you've mentioned. So not only is it important in life in general, but important in the religion for our Islamic, you know, acts and worshipping of Allah and so on. So that's really amazing, mashallah. And we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, how you help your clients as well, inshallah, a little bit later. But I want to, because you, you, your background is very, very interesting. So I want to take it step by step. So, you, you know, in, in your bio, when I was reading it, your journey started with self-confidence, ambition and professional success. So if you can tell us more about this journey. Yeah, growing up, I didn't have any negative thoughts, Jihad. Honestly, mm. there were no negative thoughts. There was nothing holding me back. I did, I had a dream, I had a vision, I had a like a, a goal to reach, and I just went for it. Every single time I just went for it, whether that was, you know, doing parachute jumps. Um, yeah. You know, I worked in the bank for a year when I left school, and from mm. there I went to the London College of Fashion, and that was when I was really inspired by, like, really just sort of, clothes and, and the garment industry and I went mm. um in the fashion industry I was actually a garment technologist and I was working for head offices of like ETAM, the Burton Group, different mm. manufacturers and I was actually fascinated by by factories and, and how they worked and it was then my dream to have my own clothing factory. Um mm. so at the age of 24 um yeah. so I, anyway I went back to I went back to the London College of Fashion. I did a two year diploma and then I went back and I did my degree in clothing management. And mm. um, and then I worked a little bit more in the different, you know, different areas of the fashion industry. And because I knew so many people and I would go from job to job, it was lovely then, you know, in the sort of late 80s. Um, mm. You could you know, go from job to job and it was just a wonderful time. And mm. um, so, yeah, my dream was to have my own clothing factory. So I set that up in North London. And mm. be- because I knew so many, I had so many contacts, I was producing thousands of garments a week for Etam, Next, British Home Stores, you know, different um, re- high street retailers. And I loved it. But sadly, mm. I got involved with the wrong business partners um, because, mm. you know, I think there is that. That thing about, you know, maybe being too ambitious, a little bit naive. But again, I think it boils back to I didn't have any negative thoughts. It didn't even occur to me that it wouldn't work. Um, mm. But yeah, so I had these business partners. And um, looking back, I, I mean, I did call them the Greek mafia. They tried to kill me at one point. Um, oh, things yeah. just really went, yeah. Um, things just really went bad. And it was quite funny, actually, because um, I went to my dad. And, um, you know, my dad's a bit of a, a, a Londoner. 
geezer mm-hmm. and uh, he said oh no you know I'll get 10 guys down there tomorrow and I'm like dad you know he's just gonna get 20 like it's just not gonna mm-hmm. it's, it's not the solution and subhanAllah that's when I became interested in Islam I had a lot of Muslims working for me and there mm-hmm. were sort of game changers along the line um, there was a time when I was working in Whitechapel in a tailoring factory and I had a lot of Bengali workers and I remember remarking that every lunchtime they used to go off come back with their shoes in their hand, line up, and they used to pray. And I'm like, wow, that is, like, so amazing. Like, that's so disciplined. And then I just got with my happy little happy little life. And um, so there's a couple of times, you know, actually working in the clothing industry where I saw Muslims practicing. Um, m- my husband, you know, when I first met him, there was something that sort of stood out um, about him as well and that he wouldn't sort of look at me. He, you know, I was uh, – he was working in one of the factories. He's a very – uh, skilled tailor so he was my sort of garment maker and um and so you know to give him instructions but he wouldn't like come near me wouldn't touch me and I'm like oh wow this is like really new again thinking nothing of it whatever and in those days honestly jihad before I was Muslim I was so typically English it was like don't talk about money or death or religion I'm fine um mm. I, I did used to go to my mom sent us to Roman Catholic school um but I saw so much hypocrisy and it didn't make sense to me three in one just didn't make sense and um, a little bit of I thought oh my god I must be stupid because I don't get it like everyone else seems to get it and I don't get it mm. um, but anyway so um, I started asking questions about Islam and uh, particularly as well about Palestine I really wanted to know like what is the truth about Palestine so that was sort of a game changer for me entering Islam but when I had when I, it came to the end of my my factory journey and you know the, the Greek mafia and mm. the brothers were talking to me about Islam and they they described to me the concept of accountability. Mm. And I said, subhanAllah, this is actually a situation where I have no control over. I literally had to just walk away from it. But I said mm. to myself, okay, I can't do anything. I will leave it to Allah. I will mm. leave it to Allah in that great day and everybody will get what they deserve. And it was so liberating. And that really was the beginning of my, my life as a Muslim. I hadn't uh, you know, said my shahaja at that time, but everything made so much sense to me it was very very beautiful mm. um and and that's really sort of you know the the um the factory story yes yeah, so it was um i had it for about, I had the factory for about a year and i was mm. really sad to see it go but i you know looking back we joined the dots isn't it jihad we can look back and even though something you know was unpleasant we disliked it um we see allah's wisdom in it which is yeah. it's so beautiful yeah, yeah. alhamdulillah Subhanallah, that's that's really interesting, and there are a lot of things that you said, Mashallah, there that were really interesting. Two things I want to point out is that your story to Islam, Subhanallah. Whenever I ask individuals, they happy to share their stories to Islam. It's always based on something that they've witnessed from Muslims that they actually liked. Like uh, I had a sister on the show in the past, and she said that she was working with refugees and the Muslim ones. She said they always had the prayer timetable on the wall, and she said their manners were so lovely. They were so kind to her. And what you said as well about the mannerism, uh, sorry, about the, um, you know, when they would go off or come back with the shoes in their hands because they were praying. SubhanAllah, it always comes down to the acts of Muslims. So that just makes me highlight the importance of how we behave as Muslims, because this is our way of da'wah to the non-Muslims or, and to the Muslims as well. So mannerism is very important when it comes to the religion. The other thing I wanted to point out as well is that when you know, that journey that, you know, with the factory and you had the self-confidence, you had the ambition, you had the professional success. You know, I'm just looking back at this and and it just makes me think how important these things are for success to have self-confidence. And you said you were very confident. You didn't think that it wouldn't work. And that made me really think because that's how we should be as Muslims. We should have that reliance on Allah and we should have that positivity as well. And that comes also from the confidence that you've had and the ambition that you've had. So it shows the importance of that upbringing and having that positivity, having being confident as Muslims, being ambitious as Muslims and going ahead and having trust in Allah, but also having the belief that, you know, this will work, inshallah, with the will of Allah, it will work. So I found this really, really amazing. So Sarkal Khair for sharing this. Sorry, go ahead. You were saying something. I didn't catch it. Um, no, I was just saying, so this is, you know, when I when I lost my self-confidence, like, and it just got slowly eroded over years of having, you know, living abroad, um, not knowing the language, everything was just so unfamiliar to me. 
mm. and a very challenging relationship as well. You know, sometimes we had no water, sometimes there's no electricity. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I bore it for the sake of Allah. I knew I wanted to bring educate my children in a Muslim country and that was part of the sacrifice. So it didn't, it didn't matter so much. Um, mm. Like, I know what patience is. But it was the other side of it, of losing my, my self-confidence, my self-worth. And it was actually, you know, Islam and the mindfulness skills that brought that all back for me, like full circle. Mm. Yeah, subhanAllah. Because yeah. the more I started practicing the mindfulness you had, I realized that it did actually overlap beautifully with our amazing religion. And yeah. that made it even more special for me because I love being Muslim. I love Islam. Um, it's such an honor. It really is. Alhamdulillah. It's the best thing I ever committed to. And so the more I practiced and I discovered that, you know, there's Arabic words like, um, you know, tadabbur, um, which means to focus, to ponder, to contemplate. And it's, you know, it's an act of ibadah to, uh, you know, contemplate and ponder upon the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we're going out for a walk and we're, you know, we're seeing the amazing trees and leaves and, you know, the entire creation it is an act of ibadah. And so there were many different things like positivity. You know, our dear Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, he, he radiated positivity. And, and so that's something, you know, as well that overlaps with, with mindfulness is when you notice your thoughts, um, you know, especially the thoughts that are not serving you, can you replace them with something more positive? You know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, letting go of things that we can't control. You know, it, it's all, it overlaps so beautifully, mindfulness and, and meditation. So alhamdulillah, I hope I didn't skip um, one of your questions at all, which you had by going yeah, to that. No. no, I appreciate that because that, that's something that, as you said, you know, we may be thinking like meditation, all of that. Is it actually Islamic? And the way you're bringing it from an Islamic perspective and you're connecting it, Islam is very beautiful, mashallah. And I feel like it's something that is very important and well needed. So jazakallah khair for sharing this. And I'm just going to quickly remind our dear listeners, just in case anybody joined later, is that we have Yasmin with us on the show today, who's a mindfulness life coach and mentor. Yasmin is a revert to Islam from London. And mashallah, she became a Muslim 29 years ago, mashallah. And as we've heard from her, much sure she loves Islam, mashallah. So it's beautiful to hear the story behind um, her uh, becoming Muslim, mashallah. And her journey is actually one of self-confidence, ambition and professional success to anxiety, confusion and self-doubt, to reclaiming her identity and self-worth and giving her permission to be happy and thrive again. Dear listeners, this this show today is pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take any questions, but please feel free to send your thoughts about the the show on 0779-481822, or you can comment on Facebook as well. So you asked me to come back to yourself. So you shared your, your journey about, you know, how you started with self-confidence, ambition, professional success of the factory, and then having to leave that because of some challenges that were going on, becoming a Muslim at that stage. And then you experienced anxiety, confusion and self-doubt. So if you can tell us more about this shift, how long did it last for and how did you deal with it? Um, in one word, how did I deal, deal with it? Mm. Cleaning. cleaning Cleaning, yes i became a hyperactive cleaning woman um but yeah let's just take a step back um it just happened very gradually so i was living abroad uh like i mentioned before everything was so new unfamiliar the language you know obviously i left my country my language my my family um everything um but i was happy as a muslim i mean definitely you know like the, the prayers and putting my trust in allah being you know being patient for the sake of allah is is very rewarding um mm. but it came really from having a very challenging relationship that i think um i sort of suffered like for 25 years jihad honestly and it was i was just so much in like enveloped in it that i didn't know that there was a different way sort of thing and um and it all came from like you know trying to please my husband um mm. you know even at the expense of myself but what i discovered you know, after years and years is like you know some people can't be pleased they're always moving the goalposts um there was a lot of criticism there's a lot of like you know um sort of pushing and pulling you know love and hate <laughs> sometimes you say oh my god this is such a love-hate relationship and it's and it left me like feeling very lonely confused um and you know it, it did wear away at my how i felt about myself and i just remember waking up one morning and i just said i, I don't like what I've become I don't like who I've become and I was just devastated by that I think I suffered from depression for about three weeks and so Mm -hmm. at the end of three weeks I said oh my god this is what depression feels like 
Like, I'm, nobody should have that control over me. Nobody. And mm -hmm. so I said, right, what, what am I going to do? I have to do something about this. And so that was like, a, you know, obviously a, a shift in mindset, actually mm -hmm. realizing what I was going through. And my mm -hmm. mind was always like so, so busy. And I liken it to, um, you know, when you, it feels like, it felt like my mind was tuned into 100 different radio stations. And yeah. I didn't know it was a thing that I could turn the, down the volume or oh. that I could just tune into one you know, one uh, channel um, of my choice. Yeah. And then one day I was washing up and I just, and I, it just came to me, like nobody knows what I'm thinking or I'm feeling. So why am I feeling like this? Let's mm -hmm. think of something more empowering. So then I just automatically, I started thinking about, okay, I'm going to my friends next week for coffee. And I started feeling very different. Mm. I was like, oh, wow, if I can do that once, I can do it again. And mm. then, you know, sort of, you know, in combination, it's actually 2015, I did um, a self-development course, um, mm. which spread over the course of a year. And yes, I understood my self, you know, my self-limiting beliefs. And a lot of things were sort of highlighted. Um, but I was still like walking on eggshells. I was still really anxious. I still um, didn't have much self-worth. And there was one day, I remember writing on a piece of paper you had, and it just came very calmly, really, like it just came from my hand. There was a scrappy bit of paper and a pen. And I wrote on this piece of paper, I still have ambitions and dreams. And right. I was like, wow, wow, where did that come from? Sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do actually. I remember something and I, I, I remember reading something about coaching and I was like, wow, I would love to be able to be a coach. But it was like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Um, so I was, you know, during that time, I would, I would just, I would clean. I would make sure everything was in its space, in its place. I didn't want to have anybody comment on oh why is that there and this is there and that's messy so I constantly and and but what happened I'd actually trained my body over those years the body then becomes the mind so mm. I found it really difficult to sit still even if even when I wanted to I couldn't sit still and obviously that mm. caused more sort of relationship problems because it was like oh you you know you don't want to sit with me you don't want to watch tv I didn't have time my brain didn't want didn't want to <laughs> um so you know when I came across mindfulness meditation the first time I meditated, it was very, very challenging because my body like said to me, yo, get up, you know, get up, yes, man, do what you always do. You're supposed to be like really hyperactive. You're supposed to be cleaning. You're supposed to be, you know, doing this and that. And I'm like, no, you're going to wait and I'm going to see this through. And I'm yep. so glad I did because it was really transformational in mm. so many different ways. Mm. Um, there's different things that, you know, were going on when, you know, the beginning of um, my meditation, my mindfulness uh, journey i remember mm. in the beginning as well you had because i was just learning and obviously it's not something that you know any arab man would understand at all and so in the beginning i sort of have you know i was sitting in my bedroom trying to be really composed my pack straight listen to the instructions but i'd have like one eye open one eye closed not to sort of yeah. get caught which was so detrimental to the whole you know the whole process it doesn't work like that um yeah so yeah there was one so um there was it during uh, most years in the summer we came to London and I'd stay with my mum and I was so excited I said okay I'm going to like really get into this course at my mum's mm -hmm. so the kids were asleep and the tv was off at 10 o'clock at night oh my god do you had I'd just fall asleep I'd listen like literally seconds of this professor guiding me through you know breathing meditation and I'd be asleep and this happened like for about maybe five nights in a row and I'm like oh my god I'm never gonna get this um but then one day, I, but that was just my body telling me what I needed, really, yeah. which is really important as well in mindfulness, because I find myself, I've got this amazing toolbox you had, and I, I can ask myself, like, what do I need right now? You know, it mm. might be, it might be asleep, it might be going for a walk, it might be just be, you know, laying down, drinking water, taking more deep breaths, phoning a friend, like, really conscious, really tuned into what I need. And um, so, yeah, that was, that's something that happened at the beginning as well, just like falling asleep. Um, so yeah. it was a bit of a process. Um, but I used to just practice um, whenever I could used to practice. And then I created, you know, my own eight week course and I put an Islamic perspective to it. And that's when I, you know, uh, invited some of my friends. Um, and so I, I just was so amazed by it all, really. Um, you know, my, mindful listening is, is so powerful. It's so impactful when we're actually listening to what people are communicating with us. You know, we're present with what is being said. We're present as well with our own bodily sensations. Um, so, you know, mindful eating, when we really appreciate so many times we can eat jihad and we're not even aware of the taste. Sometimes, I mean, I've done it. You know, I've, I've got myself all set up and, you know, to, to work. I've got my coffee and my two of my favorite biscuits. And then 
I'm looking like, oh my God, like, where did those biscuits go? You know, and you sort of, I sort of jokingly say to the kids, like, did you see all my biscuits? Um, but obviously, I'm just joking with them. But yeah. I've eaten them unmindfully. And so, you know, this is really like, it, it really damages our digestive system. It, you know, it doesn't help us to be very grateful for, you know, all the blessings that we have. So it really helps us to be very present, the mindfulness skills, very present in everything that we do. Mindful seeing, mindful listening, mindful walking, mindful arrivals. Like mindful arrivals are really powerful. How are we showing up? You know, yeah. and, and when people come in home, like what do they see? You know, you want to be positive. You want to like radiate positivity. Again, this comes back to the character of the Prophet, Sallallahu where he was very attentive, very present to yeah. everybody that was in his, um, you know, presence because every single person thought that they were the most beloved to him. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Yeah. Mashallah, it's amazing stuff that you're sharing, Mashallah. I just had to stop you there because we're going for a break, but I just want, can't wait to listen to more about it, Inshallah. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, Alhamdulillah. So, dear listeners, Inshallah, uh, we will begin for a short break. This is Aspire FM Luton and 105.1. We'll begin for a short break, so please do stay tuned. We have a lot more to share, Inshallah, after the break, so we'll see you shortly. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to the Arise to Success show. We have Yasmin with us today, who is a mindfulness life coach and mentor. Yasmin is a weaver to Islam from London, and mashallah, she converted 29 years ago. Her journey is one of self-confidence, ambition, and professional success to anxiety, confusion, and self-doubt, to reclaiming her identity and self-worth and giving herself permission to be happy and thrive again. Dear listeners, today's show is pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take any questions, but please feel free to send um, your thoughts about the show on 0779-481822, or you can comment on Facebook as well. So Yasmin, so lovely to have you, uh, mashallah, with us on the show. And I really enjoyed what we've been discussing before the break, which we'll be, we were talking a little bit about what's mindfulness um, coaching and, um, and mentors do, as well as your journey, how it started with the confidence, ambition, professional success, um, to kind of, you know, having a bit of a shift there with experiencing anxiety, confusion, self-doubt to, from what I'm hearing, starting to find yourself again, but we still didn't get into that journey. So maybe now if we can move into talking a little bit more about how you reclaimed your identity, your self-worth, and giving yourself permission to be happy and thrive again. If you can tell us more about this transition, the process of it, and, you know, you said that you wrote in a, in a, in a piece of paper, I still have ambitions. So it seems like it was there all this time, but some, somehow with what you've been experiencing, it's kind of like being suppressed and, mashallah, suddenly you found yourself again. We'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, barakallah, jihad, alhamdulillah. Um, so, yes, so after years, probably about 25 years of going through a very stressful um, relationship, and yeah. losing myself, basically. I, and I remember one day we came, I came to London and I had this big shock of like, oh my God, now I'm responsible. I need to take charge because I just lost everything. I didn't even have an opinion. I, everything mm. was just so controlled, you had. Everything was so controlled. So when I started learning and embracing and practicing the mindfulness skills, because it really is a dance between, you know, the, the knowledge and the practice and then reflection, um, you know, if, to, to sort of get those long-term results. Um, so after practicing the mindfulness and meditation, um, so mindfulness meditation first was very, they're quite different concepts. So I just want to explain. So mindfulness, the definition of mindfulness means paying attention on purpose with curiosity and kindness, non-judgmentally. Okay, mm -hmm. so as things are in that moment and having an acceptance of what is and noticing, you know, what is happening. Uh, you know, in your thoughts and feelings and bodily, sens bodily sensations, and meditation. Meditation, really, my, my definition of meditation is choosing what to focus on and become familiar with it. So when we're, you know, when we're giving ourselves like 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of stillness, we're noticing or we're becoming very familiar with ourselves, like what's coming up? Um, yeah. We, you know, we notice like triggers, we notice um, thought patterns and all different things can come up. Yeah. Um, so it's quite different between the, you know, mindfulness and meditation. So I started practicing both on this course um, that I'd, I'd paid for. And um, it was just remarkable. First of all, I managed to quiet my mind. So that's mm. the first thing. When we don't have all that negative chatter, 
like you know who does it belong to anyway most of it doesn't belong to us jihad and that's what i realized that's not that's not my stuff it's really not my stuff um wow. which was very liberating and yeah. so being able to quiet my mind and i was shocked first time jihad I remember the first time i quieted my mind i'm like oh my god subhanallah like it really is so quiet all that noise is coming from in my head and that was, that was such an eye-opener it really was it made me realize that again if i could do it once i could do it again so then i started to become more aware of my thoughts um and this is something you know that i, I teach my clients is like labeling thoughts yeah you know, and, and we just make that distinction first of all we can just make that very simple distinction is that thought serving me or not yeah. And then we're at a crossroads that we can do something about it. We can either, um, you know, choose to focus on something else, or become curious about it with, you know, kindness and non-judgmentally, of course, yeah. um, or just simply replace it with something more positive. So, you know, for example, if I have the thought, you know, I'm not worthy, then I can mm. replace it with, no, I am worthy, because mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made me worthy. Mm. And this is what, again, like, it overlaps so beautifully with, with our religion. And I remember as well reading a book about the, na the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when I came across Allah al-Wadud, oh my God, I ma it made me realize that I had no right not to love myself jihad because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves me. Wow. Very and cool. it's all, you know, we look back and we join the dots. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts things in our path mm -hmm. um, that are to open our eyes, are to like, what you know, what what's the, what's the sign here? What should I be learning here? Um mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with the, the mindfulness, I'm so much more aware. I'm so much aware, more aware, like, because what we do is what well, we activate the reticular activating system, which is yeah. the brain's way of filtering information. So we can actually look out for things. So, you know, if, I'm, if I want to look for the bad, if I'm really tuned into like, oh my God, I'm in danger. I need to be in survival mode. You know, this is going wrong. That's bad. And what we end up doing is we, we have these then habitual reactions to defending ourselves, to having to explain, to having to engage. And, you know, we take things personally. Um, mm. But when we've got like the mindfulness skills and we're more aware of like ourselves and others, then yeah. it gives us the opportunity to become the observer of the situation and not get emotionally entangled in it, mm. which again is so liberating. It's so powerful. So I actually learned how to work with my challenging relationship actually change the dynamics completely of the relationship and i began to respect myself and i sort of commanded respect i wouldn't let things get to me which you realize that some people just want to drain your energy they want yeah. you to react so when you don't react you're not fueling them you know they're not draining your energy um mm. so you're just taking your power back and this is why now you know really i i know that i i take responsibility for my happiness my energy and my emotions. And nobody has the right to control any of that. We need to take that back for ourselves. And it was really from, you know, the combination of really understanding how the mindfulness skills um, overlaps with, with Islam. You know, because don't forget as well, because we've got the shaitan whispering to us, you know, with the negative chatter. Shaitan wants us to feel sad and depressed, um, wants to cause fitna within relationships. Um, but subhanAllah, there is a way that we can, like I said, like take charge, become the observer, not let things get us down, not get worn out by, you know, certain situations. Do things that you enjoy, do things that, you, that energize you. Be with people, surround yourself with people who really do care about you. Because, you know, sometimes in challenging relationships as well, they like to isolate you, um, which is, you know, sort of part of the control, part of their ploy, um, so that you end up so confused and you doubt yourself like so much. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, every, everything has changed, really. Everything has changed. My health really did, did change as well. Um, I had high blood pressure. You know, I said to my husband, oh, my God, I need to go to, you know, I need to go see the cardiologist. And cardiologist even said to my husband, there's nothing wrong with your wife's heart. I think maybe you need to take her out, you know. Like, oh. you brought her from London to this place. You know, yeah. what do you expect? Of course, she's going to, like, be a bit stressed. Are you taking care of her? And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is somebody sort of cares about me. Um, yeah. Which was... You know, sort of a new experience in a way. Um, yeah. But yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah, that's amazing. And there's something I wanted to point out as well when you said that, you know, when we have this chatter, first of all, when you said that most of that chatter is not even ours. So why keep yes. it? SubhanAllah, that was very powerful when he said this. It's like, it's not even ours. It's like, yes. work yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. I had one, um, the one client, um, she messaged me a few weeks ago and um, she's also 
she wants to become a coach. Um, she's actually very good. She's got a wealth of information and she's just trying to get online. And she's like, I know I'm really procrastinating and I'm self-sabotaging. And I said, yeah. okay, notice the thoughts in your head and whose voice is it? Yeah. She messaged me back straight away. She said, my father's. I said, okay, that doesn't belong to you. Okay, so now you can identify it. Now you can ask yourself, is it true? And you can replace it with something more empowering. You know, I will do this. I am capable of doing this. Like nobody can tell me I'm not. Anybody can do anything they put their will to, especially in Islam. We ask Allah, we raise our hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, you know, to give us what we want, to change things in our lives, to you know, bring peace in our hearts. And nothing happens without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a, one of the first things I tell my clients to have when we start working together. You know, is we have to take a very holistic approach to our lives, even, you know, to the extent of, you know, stay hydrated, drink enough water. Quality sleep is so, so important and so underrated. But also raise your hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, if you want anything, then, then you beg Allah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about finding the strategies and also asking Allah for help mm. as well, right? Yes, it's, yeah, we definitely need the skills, yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think what you said as well, I'm going to come back to it because I find it very powerful, is that I think once we notice that this is not something that's ours, it will be easier for mm. us to work on it. Because when we think it's part of us, then we think we, we can easily give up. It's like, okay, you know, I don't know what to do about it. But when you said about your client, when you said, whose voice is it? She said, it's my father's, for instance. Then she's becoming aware that this is not even part of her so that she is mm. able to get rid of it and work on herself and know who she really is and have that self-awareness. So I think that's really, really important because once we know that it's, it's, it's not part of us, we separate it, then it's mm. a lot easier to get rid of it. So that's very powerful. The other thing as well, what you said about, it's a bit like, you know, affirmations where if we're having that inner voice that's saying, for example, I'm, I'm not worthy. And then we say to us, no, I am worthy. I like how you linked it to Islam as well, because when we're telling our brain something that the brain is not familiar with, it's like, no, I am worthy. The brain will be like, well, I'm not familiar with that. I'm familiar with the opposite. But how you said, because Allah made me worthy, then the brain is like, I feel like I've, I've connected, like it's it's easy to connect there. And it's like, okay, you know what? I have a reason to believe why I'm worthy and therefore I will believe it. So I love how you're linking it to Islam and giving it a reason because I've, I've got that. Some people said to me, well, I, I can't do affirmations because the affirmations is telling me something that I don't believe in. But you're giving it a reason to believe it and then you start to condition the brain to, you know, over time to believe in that. So you're removing the old habit and replacing it with that new habit and that new belief. So yeah, I love so, how you work. Mm, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, Barakal Jihad. I just remembered something as well. Like, you know, when I was going through those years of stress and anxiety and unworthiness, you know, subhanAllah Jihad, I couldn't even ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah. Not even gender to dogs, right? Like, not, not I couldn't. I, I just didn't feel worthy. And I was like, what, what is that? Where does that come from? But subhanAllah, this is the psychology in it as well of, of like positive affirmations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us, ask for gender, ask for gender to Because this is the this is the affirmation. We will grow into somebody that is worthy of, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowing us to enter his gardens. Yeah. And so you know, positive affirmations are really powerful. And it's, again, it's something, you know, why do we have all, all of these? We have so many du'as. And as yeah. well, we wouldn't have them if the Prophet wasn't very conscious and aware and present, you know, in every area of his life, like all the time. Although, you know, we would, when do we forget our du'as? When we're not conscious. Yeah. So mindfulness is about awareness and consciousness, consciousness of Allah, inwardly and outwardly. He knows and he says, be mindful of me. Yep. And so the positive, positive affirmations are really, really powerful. And it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages us to do as well. We ask for Jannah. Like, you know, sometimes you can ask and you, you notice those bodily sensations. You're like, whoa, that feels really strange. Yeah. But all of that has changed now because I know, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is always al-wadud jihad. He's always al-wadud. But we put the barriers yep. like, between us and him. There's no barriers between him and us. Yeah. And so again, it comes it comes down to, you know, what are we thinking? How do we see ourselves? Yeah. And and there's no harm in that. Okay. So for example, if I was to, look, I think it's really important you had. If thoughts can make you sick, and I think we can all agree on that, thoughts can make you sick. There is a definite distinction between stress, negative thinking, and ill health. Right. Yeah. So if 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 thoughts can make you sick, then they can also make you well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Sure. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's about how we use it, right? Yes, it's how we're using our mind. And it's yes. not 
it's not you know us controlling our minds it's um it's not allowing our minds to control us love it being aware of the distractions because i wouldn't say to any of my clients like oh you need to be more mindful it's like no be more aware of what's distracting you from being happy in life really yeah no, I love it, mashallah, I love it. And you know what, before I forget as well, because mm. I follow you on LinkedIn, and mashallah, you share, mashallah, you're very active on it, and you share a lot of things, and I'm already benefiting so much from just listening to you here, and I'm hoping, inshallah, our dear listeners are benefiting from this as well. I know you, mashallah, you share a lot on your LinkedIn, so if you're happy to share that, inshallah, so that others can continue benefiting from you, learning more about the work that you do as well, and mashallah, the stuff that you share is very beneficial. So that's your main platform, isn't it? And if you're happy, or your website or something, because I know, mashallah, you share a lot of these things so inshallah that can help our dear listeners to learn more as well yes so um linkedin is definitely my my favorite platform very professional my sort of pace as well alhamdulillah um but yeah i do have my website as well which is peaceful progress coaching you have to be careful though because if you just press in if you just type in peaceful progress it comes up a tattoo artist i think oh, really? um, so, yes so really important it's uh, peacefulprogresscoaching.org um, so yeah, a little bit about more about me, um, about what I do. Um, so yeah, um, and if you get onto my email list, then I share lots and lots of high quality yeah. content, lots of tips and techniques on my emails. Um, yeah, I do get people like replying to them and saying like, "Wow, this is really beneficial." Um, so yeah, that includes me. Yeah, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Yeah, barakallahu alhamdulillah. Um, no, definitely. I can definitely say, mashallah, your content and the way you, you you have it written as well. It's like I can feel it. I can see it. Like you shared a story about when your family got together for the prayer. It's like I can feel it all around me, subhanallah. Mm. So definitely, inshallah, the email list is definitely very, very beneficial because you're very active when it is all, mashallah. I was really impressed. It's like I get a lot of emails from you. So mashallah, amazing content. So I definitely, definitely do recommend going on um, Yasmin's mailing list, inshallah. Sorry, I stopped it there. Sorry, I just had to say it before I forget. I'm an extrovert. If I don't say something, I forget it. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, carry on. Um, where were we? Oh, I can't remember now. Let me just in reintroduce you because sometimes um, our dear listeners join a bit later. So I'm just going to reintroduce Inshallah. So we have Yasmin. Actually, Yasmin, do you mind pronouncing your surname? I've been reluctant to say it, so I don't say it wrongly. Okay, Jendal. Let's just pronouncing the J really, yes. Okay, brilliant. So we have Yasmin Gentle on the show with us today, who's a mindful night, mindful night, mindfulness life coach and mentor. Yasmin is a revert to Islam from London from 29 years ago, mashallah. And her journey is one of self-confidence, ambition, and professional success to anxiety, confusion, and self-doubt, to reclaiming her identity and self-worth and giving her permission, giving herself permission to be happy and thrive again. The listeners just remind you this is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be able to take any questions, but please feel free to send your thoughts on the show on 0779-481822, or you can message or comment on Facebook as well. So Yasmin, uh, we talked a little bit as well about how you help your um, clients as a mindfulness life coach and mentor. Um, I had a question asking about who's in need of this, but I think we can clearly see who's in need of this, but you can maybe elaborate on this a little bit more. And you already talked enough, Michelle, about how you help your clients, but if you have anything else to share, feel free to do that as well. Okay, Barakalofig. I think, I mean, I, I hear a lot from my clients you had and like, why didn't I know about these skills before? Why are they not teaching us in schools? You know, it would have saved me so much pain and suffering. You know, why didn't anybody tell me about them? And it's, it is, that's so impactful, honestly. And there's no, it's, it's never too late to learn them because mm -hmm. even learning very simple breathing techniques has amazing, profound benefits on, on our health, on our mental state. Because what we do, when we take a deep breath, we're actually instructing the amygdala that it's okay to relax, it's okay to become, you're not in danger. Because when we're in that high state of awareness, um, yep. the brain doesn't make the distinction between if it's real or perceived. So we can be in that state, um, but there's nothing actually directly in danger. And again, it's our thoughts. Wow. Um, so we don't want our thoughts you know, to make us sick, to, to, to ruin our lives basically. Um, so when we take a deep breath, it allows information to reach the prefrontal cortex for processing so that then we can take more well-informed decisions. We can respond in a wiser, healthier way as opposed to reacting habitually. Um, wow. So there's so many different techniques that I do teach. And a lot of my clients, they even achieve breakthroughs in as little as one week because I teach really simple techniques. 
there, there is a time and a place for, for, you know, for talking therapy and, and things like this. Um, but we do actually need techniques. There was one, one of my clients, her family accused her of having, you know, she was in a little bit of depression, but her family accused her, oh, it's your iman, you know, you're just not strong enough. But it's not. So she, you know, she used to read Quran. But if we, if we have an untrained mind, jihad, we can be reading the Quran because we have the ability of metacognition. So we can think about what we're thinking about. So we can actually be reading the Quran. We've all done this. We, you know, you're reading something, but your mind is taking you somewhere else. So you're not benefiting from the amazing uh, rewards um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, tells yeah. us that there is reading Quran because your mind is actually just somewhere else and it's all it is is an untrained mind. So it's, yeah. again, as soon as you notice that your mind has, has gone off, you can just gently bring it back again. And this mm -hmm. is where the meditation practice comes in. You just sit still for five minutes. When you notice your mind has gone off, you focus on something. It could be anything. It could be a candle. It could be a breath. It could be uh, wave sounds, anything that you choose to focus on. And when you notice your mind has wandered, just gently bring it back again. And it's, it's just training your attention muscle. So then you'll find it so much easier to, to you know, to study, to, you know, to focus, to, to read Quran, to really connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your prayers and connect with people. This is why it has so much impact on, you know, our relationships as well, like, you know, having these skills. Yeah. So I take my clients through an eight week, um, well, it's, it's really an eight step proven process. And yeah. so far I've had um, 70 women, I've got three at the moment, and that have successfully completed the program. And they're so happy with their results. They really are so happy with their results. They turn into a new person. Wow. like so many stories so you know it doesn't it could be stress it could be a difficult relationship it could be you know even the relationship that we have with ourselves one client in particular that comes to mind she said you know Yasmin, my difficult relationship was just with myself you mm. know she had to really you know like notice the thoughts and and whose thoughts are you know whose voice is it if it doesn't belong to you then then you know just leave it yeah and and this is what happens after after a while um the brain begins to reprogram because you know everything is so has these well worn well worn paths neural pathways and when we practice a mindfulness meditation and we're choosing what to focus on it lowers the volume of the inner critic it lowers the volume of the past experiences and you know we get to like week five and I I, I teach my clients to turn towards unpleasantness um, which is something we, which we wouldn't normally do we just want to ignore let go we want you know the bad unpleasant feelings to just sort of you know disappear on them but they won't. Yeah. So when we can turn towards them, actually, it all just dissipates yeah. because we don't have that resistance to it. Yeah. yeah. We can it just naturally let us go. is is a very beautiful process, um, which you know goes through different phases of like awareness of self, awareness of others, and yeah. using our five senses to be really present because we can't be in two different time zones at the same time. So if you do notice that your mind has wandered you know, like overthinking events from the past and regretting and feeling guilty and shame, use your use your senses to bring you mm. into the present moment. Just simply ask yourself, what can I see? What can I hear? What can I feel? Even if you say, okay, how do my feet feel right now? Mm. Okay, what you're doing, you're you're retraining your mind and the old neuropathways will get weaker and weaker. And you're, you're finally just sort of, you know, not forget them completely because you can nip it in the bud. I, you know, even now I, I notice when my mind takes me on, you know, on this type mental time travel um mm. and i can just nip it in the bud do i want to go there because there is you know memories and memories and planning is planning and it can all be very lovely and you know there are beneficial um ways of thinking you know we have reflective thinking creative thinking planning um but the distinction is are the thoughts serving you or not yeah absolutely that is that is the biggest distinction Love it, love it, mashallah. Amazing work, mashallah. Love it to me, Allah, inshallah, make it beneficial to so many Muslims out there, inshallah, and for you to get the reward for this. Yeah. We're nearly at the end, subhanAllah. Time does go very mm -hmm. far. So I thought if we yes. end with, what would you advise our dear listeners if they are or experience something similar to what you've experienced, lost themselves? You know, we hear a lot of these stories and the women that you work with as well, you know, regardless if it's childhood trauma or adult trauma, what would you advise um, for them to do so that they can start helping themselves? So, Michelle, you've already given a lot of great tips there. Um, if they're not sure what to do, what can they what can they do from today? Um, I would really look into uh, mindfulness skills. There's a lot that you can find on YouTube. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of um, courses online. Obviously, I'd I'd love our sisters to come and work with me um, and, and allow me to coach them through the process. It only takes eight weeks, and really, you can tr you can reprogram your mind in as little as eight weeks, which is nothing jihad on the big scale of things. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of resources out there. 
Um, I would definitely look into them. Um, lots of different books and stuff like that. Um, yeah, join my, my emailing list. Um, but just on a day-to-day -day level, I, I would say, um, you know, when you're feeling stressed, anxious, or you're, you know, you're, like the thinking has become too loud or too much, just take a few deep breaths. Yeah. It has the power to change your state of mind, relax your body. Uh, it, it's just so amazing, honestly. And and of course, you know, when when we're taking deep breaths and every single cell in our body is benefiting from that oxygen, it, it boosts your immune system. It really does. It's had such an impact on, on my health. Um, but yeah, it helps to really calm you. Just take some deep breaths. And also, I would invite um, our listeners to notice your thoughts and write them down so you know just just notice your thoughts every now and again maybe ask yourself okay what am i thinking write write it down or acknowledge it if you don't you know you're not in a sort of position to write it down um and then you will see you know just do it over the course of a week and you'll see any patterns just see mm -hmm. if there are any patterns but i'm sure you will recognize them and then that gives you an opportunity to you know either become really curious or like you know where does that come from um i mean you know, you, we do have an opportunity to become curious, but if that's too fearful for you, then that's fine. Just notice yeah. and bring yourself back into the present moment. If anything ever gets overwhelming, bring yourself into the present moment. What can I see? What can I hear? What can I feel? And so these skills are brilliant, Jihad, because we can use them even if we're super busy. Um, yeah. One of my one of my um, places that I used to get really, I used to express my my stress was when I was washing up. So the cutlery really mm. took the paid the price. So when I when I when I was washing up the knives and forks, I'd like wash them and then I'd throw them in the other sink for you know for rinsing. And every syllable that was in my mind would be like slash la, you know, like things would just get flown. And I knew not to break anything. I'm not a destructive person. Um, it was just a way of you know relieving some stress. Um, yeah. But now like you know I can wash up and I can take some deep breaths and I do my adhkar and istighfar and subhanallah like. And, and there's something very strange as well. Um, probably sorry, um, everybody. Just 10 seconds, sorry, then it's the end of the show. Okay, everybody leaves you alone when you're washing up, so it's an opportunity to get well-grounded. Mashallah, that's amazing. Jazakallah khair for all of this. I'm just going to quickly just say thank you so much to yourself for all that you've shared. And I hope, inshallah, our dear listeners has benefited as much as I did. And alhamdulillah, you've shared your social medias as well and your uh, platforms for others, inshallah, to learn more. Dear listeners, thank you so much. Inshallah, look forward to seeing you next week. Inshallah, jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org? And follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.